Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the world of wine, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to look at Canada, the second largest country in the world, but certainly not one associated with quality wine production. And that's because of its very cool climate, which can be extreme hot during the summer, but extremely cold during the winter. And all of this makes grape growing very difficult. However, the quality of wine in Canada is improving, partly due to climate change, and also because certain regions have emerged as having the potential for making quality wine. Until now, Canada has been most famous for its ice wine due to the cool conditions. Ice wine can be made on a much more regular basis than in Germany, for example, because the winters are so consistently cold. And Canada has short, hot summers and then long, cold winters. And so freezing the right grapes is uh, possible on a consistent basis from vintage to vintage. And the quality of ice wine in Canada can be extremely high. But now, quality dry wines are being made as well, in particular white wines which we'll look at in this episode. Although it's still a very young wine industry and producers are still working out which grapes work best and where. So across Canada, there are plantings in four different provinces, the most important being Ontario and also British Columbia. And then there are a smaller amount of plantings in Quebec and Nova Scotia. For those plantings, bodies of water are extremely important. The lake effect is what makes uh, ripening the grapes possible in Canada and its wine regions. So in Ontario, you have Lake Ontario and Lake Erie, and in British Columbia, you have Lake Okanagan. And these bodies of water retain the heat during the day and then release it at night, which aids the ripening of the grapes. So let's look at the history of uh, Canadian wine, which goes back to the 1860s, when the grape variety Isabella was planted on the shores of Lake Erie, back in 1866 by three farmers. And American vines and hybrids have been extremely important in Canadian wine and are still grown today. And up until the 1970s, it's really just North American vines like Concord and Niagara that were planted. And then hybrids were planted, such as Vidal, Saval Blanc, Maréchal Foch and Bacon Noir. And these varieties, these hybrids are still important today. And then in the 1980s, vinifera grapes began to be planted. So a very young wine industry in terms of quality. But going back to the 19th century, by 1890, there were 41 commercial wineries and 35 of those were in Ontario. So Ontario then, as now, the most important province for wine. From 1916 to 1927, there was prohibition in Canada, echoing its neighbour, the United States. But a big difference between prohibition in Canada and the US was that wine was exempt from prohibition, so it's still able to be made and to be drunk. So that by 1927, when prohibition was repealed, there were 57 wineries in Ontario. With the repeal of prohibition came the establishment of the provincial liquor board system, which still exists today and which still dominates the uh, commercial structure of Canadian wine. And this gave uh, government monopolies the control over sales and distribution. So within those provinces, the government has a key role, a central role to the uh, sale of wine. So these monopolies are still important. They still exist. Alberta is the one exception. There, the uh, stores were privatised in the 1990s, and there are some private stores in British Columbia and Manitoba, but in the main part, the government monopolies do dominate Canada, and that does limit the uh, availability of wines, and also um, sets the prices of wines as well, so it's not very uh, advantageous to Canadian consumers. So up until the 1970s, uh, most wines were sweet, labelled as sherry or port. 
1974 was an extremely important year for Canadian wine because the Inniskillen Winery was established, and that was the first winery to be established since Prohibition. So between 1920s and 1970s, no new wineries, giving you an idea of how little dynamism or quality there was in the Canadian industry. But this began a shift in taste in the 70s and 80s, moving away from hybrids and American vines to vinifera, and also to a drier style of wine as well. Although ironically, Enniskillen is most famous for its ice wine. And then in 1988, the VQA was established, VQA standing for Vintners Quality Alliance. And this, in theory, controls the quality of Canadian wine and sets uh, regulations and ensures that, ensures that producers make good quality wine. However, the VQA does vary from province to province. In Ontario, it's obligatory to be a member of the VQA and to follow its regulations, whereas in British Columbia, it's voluntary. And that does mean there is inconsistency with the VQA system. But the VQA does set minimum must weights, so in Canada, it's hard to get those grapes ripe, so ensuring that there's enough sugar in the grapes for a quality wine. Limits to chaptalization, which can uh, be necessary in Canada to add some sugar to the, to the wines, uh, but to ensure that not too much sugar is added. And also uh, it sets the permitted varieties. And then one rule which is consistent for the VQA from province to province is that the wine has to be from Canada. So let's look at the climate of Canada, which has a heavy influence on the style of wine and also how the grapes grow. Canada does actually have the same latitude as Languedoc, which is a very warm region in southern France. However, Canada is cool. And uh, so temperatures are very low in winter. Snow is common. And then when the growing system begins, there'll be freeze and then the thaw and then it freezes again. That could have a very deleterious effect on the vines just as they are beginning to wake up from the winter cold. So that's one issue. Then the summers are hot. So lots of heat, lots of sunshine, but the growing season is short. So because it's hot and dry, irrigation is necessary. But the short growing season means that it can be difficult to get the grapes ripe and the weather can be unpredictable at harvest. And so chaptalization is often required. Those short hot summers going into the cold winters is what makes ice wine possible and such high quality and also consistent from year to year. So let's look at the regions in Canada. So Ontario, as I mentioned, is the most important province, and there are 130 wineries within Ontario, with about 6,000 hectares of plantings. It's a cool continental climate, gets very hot and humid during the summer, with very cold winters, and that um, seasonal variation is matched by the diurnal variation, with long warm days and cool nights. So remembering that Canada is very far north. So that's why we have those long sunny days, which is going to help the ripening over the short growing season. There are three areas within Ontario, all in the southern part of the province near the Great Lakes on the border with the US. The largest region in Canada is Niagara Peninsula, which is on the shores of lakes Ontario and Erie. And here the Niagara Escarpment acts as a barrier from continental winds. So the vines are going to be sheltered and again, enabling the ripening in the difficult growing conditions. In Ontario, there are 50 different grape varieties planted, and that gives you an idea of the experimentation that's going on in Canada as growers and producers work out what works best. Probably the two best varieties within Ontario are Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, producing um, high quality wine, particularly for Chardonnay, which can be quite opulent, but lifted by really vibrant acidity from those cool nights and the short growing season. Riesling can also be successful can be made in late harvest style or for ice wine, where the grapes uh, get ripe 
And then as the, the winter comes on, they freeze and they can be picked at night when the sugar is really concentrated. Also used for ice wine is Vidal, which is a hybrid. In fact, the only hybrid that is allowed under the VQA system. And one of the few hybrids in the world which is making high quality wine, albeit only for ice wine. And Vidal is important within Ontario because it's resistant to spring frost, which is um, going to be an issue in Ontario. So that's why it's grown there and that's why it works. And that can make good quality ice wine, though arguably not as high quality as Riesling. And there are also other red varieties grown within Ontario, um, particularly Bordeaux varieties. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon here, as one would expect, needs the warmer areas to ripen successfully. But I think it's really Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that work best alongside the ice wine. And Niagara Peninsula in particular is receiving outward investment, which is helping improve quality. Particularly important is the collaboration between Boisset of Burgundy and Vancor, which is the, a large wine corporation, in fact, the fourth biggest wine company in North America, which was established at the beginning of the 1990s. Other areas in Ontario are Lake Erie North Shore, which is a very small region, and also Pelly Island, which is the most southerly tip of Canada, and is also small and has a particularly long growing season. But if you're going to see a wine from Ontario, it's most likely to be Niagara Peninsula. But also important is British Columbia, and this is a region which is getting um, larger. And again, you may see this outside the country, though in small amounts. There are 98 wineries in British Columbia with just over 2,000 hectares of plantings. And the quality here is good. It's disease-free, and it's quite similar to Washington State on the other side of the U.S. border. And this is a young region with 60 varieties planted. So again, lots of experimentation as they're really trying to work out what works within British Columbia. There are four areas within the province. Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys are by far the most important, 92% of all plantings within British Columbia. And it's these two which are the other side of the border from Washington State. So Washington has long, warm days and hot summers and then cool nights and is dry and arid, and Okanagan and Similkameen are similar, but the days are even longer because it's further north. And so these are 400 kilometres east of Vancouver, and so they're protected from the coast by two mountain ranges, so you're really getting that continental climate, and it's hot and arid, like Washington State, and irrigation is necessary. Okanagan does date back to 1859, but like the rest of Canada, it was only in the 70s and 80s that vinifera began to be planted. And Okanagan is named after the Lake Okanagan, which is in the centre of the region. And it's this large lake which tempers the summer heat. So in actual fact, the lake here is providing a cooling effect, drawing the heat away from the vines during the day, but then releasing the heat at night to help the, the ripening, because it does get hot here during the summer. And the vineyards are planted on the slopes of the lake on sand and sandy clay loam soils. And there's a lot of different grape varieties planted here. Perhaps the Bordeaux varieties work best, there's still a lot of experimentation. Ice wine is made here as well, and Gewürztraminer, Viognier, lots of different great varieties still working out exactly um, where they're going to go in the future. And then there are a couple of other small areas within British Columbia. Fraser Valley is small near Vancouver, and then Vancouver Island, which is just west of Vancouver, that has a coastal maritime climate, which is cool and early ripening. You're very unlikely to see those outside of British Columbia. And then two other provinces, which are much smaller. Quebec, which is French Canada, has 30 wineries, and they're all located around Dunham on the US border, so the southerly tip of the province. And the vines really um, need protection in the winter, because those winters can be extreme. And also there's not that much sunshine in the summer, so the warm spots are needed. 
and it's mainly white wine which is grown here in Quebec. And then Nova Scotia to the east of the country has a very short growing season and hybrids still dominate here because the conditions are difficult. Um, but quality is rising in Nova Scotia on a small scale. But it's really Ontario and British Columbia which are by far the most important provinces within Canada. And so quality is improving. If you can get your hands on a bottle of Canadian wine, it's most likely to be from Ontario, but it could be from British Columbia. Do try it, particularly if it's Chardonnay or, of course, ice wine. Quality is definitely rising. It's really fresh acidity to these wines, but some body and weight from those hot summers. And it'll be interesting to see where Canada goes with climate change and also with better understanding of which varieties work and um, how to work with them in the vineyard. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.